Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Happy Easter! I spent most of worship crying, so I put some eye makeup on earlier, and it's probably all like down my cheeks right now, so it's okay. Um, just to explain a little bit more about Paul, because I realise a lot of you don't know who Paul is. Really, he's someone who came out, Clayton and I have known him for almost 10 years, um, been his pastor, and we, he's, he's gone out from us now and has begun a new work in Turkey, which is Asia Minor, which is where the original Ephesus church that the Apostle Paul planted um, in, the, in the first 100 years of the church. And so I, it's quite a miracle to me and thank you to everybody who really, we support him fully through your generosity. And so that work over there that God is really doing is supported by you. And so we are incredibly grateful and um, I, in awe of God, which is another reason why I'm in tears in worship so often, it, just in awe, completely in awe of God. And uh, I probably need like a bigger table <laughs> and a glass of water. Would it be all right if someone just... I mean, don't 10 people run, but thanks. Oh, oh, I have one. Someone just handed me a bottle of water. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not fast enough. I think she just went, water. Like Jesus went, wine from water. She went, water. Can you open it? <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to get a new Bible this week. I've got a new Bible. And... Um, I don't know what you guys, when you, when, what you do with a new Bible, right? I, it's, it's like clean and there's no markings, but I bought it because it's got lots of space on the sides to mark it up because <laughs> I mark up my Bibles. I like to. That's how I learn, right? So some people don't like to do that and just like it clean and that's how you, you learn it and that's how you get it in and that's fine. Um, I like to just write in mine and all of the, I like all the languages and stuff, so I stick all the language stuff there. And uh, this morning it's Easter and I'm... I'm, I'm actually quite emotional already actually just in awe of what God is doing um, in the nations very it's not just here it's not just our church I hope you understand what God is doing right now in the church very generally is a very very great reformation we're on the cusp of a very great reformation and God is doing it and God promised that he's, he'd do it and he, he is purifying his church it's a needed purification and it's a bit heartbreaking to watch some of your friends fall off or fall away um, and some of the churches, by the way, already now since the beginning of COVID till now, one in five churches are not going to reopen again at all, permanently closed. And that's a, it's a very heartbreaking reality of what's happened over the last year. But it's a very necessary thing that needed to happen because some of the churches did need to close. And um, if they're not preaching the gospel... If they're not sticking true to the word of God and they're preaching something with the word of God with mixture, then that is so damaging to the church. It has weakened the church in America and the West very generally. It's become a very weakened church because there's been mixture of lots of isms, communism, globalism, all of those things just get put into um, the gospel and taught from pulpits. But they are demonic. They are doctrines of demons. And they don't belong in the church. Amen. It's not my message, but anyway, <laughs> let's, just, let's just pray because I really want to ask God to be who speaks, right? Um, 
Thank you, Jesus. You're the beautiful one, Jesus. You are the beautiful one. And uh, we, just, we thank you. We thank you for... We thank you for what this weekend, we remember what this weekend, what you, what you did this weekend, but we remember it with great joy, remember it with great uh, contentment and peace in our heart and joy in our, in our heart because of the victory won. And so we thank you for that you, you, you came, you were born pure. You were born of a virgin. You were born. It was a miraculous birth. We thank you for that. You became like us. We were originally created in your image, but you became like us to reach us. And so we thank you for that. And then you lived a life that you wanted to show us how to live, how to love, how to minister full of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that, Jesus. And then your death on the cross, paying the price for us. Your blood shed, paying the price for us. Your blood that washed away all of our sin, all of our guilt. The penalty of death was paid for fully by your blood. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that not only did you die, you were raised from the dead. And because you died, we also died. But we also, because you rose from the dead, we are raised to a new life in you. We are raised pure, spotless, new creation in you. And so because you're alive, we are alive. And so thank you, God, because we are alive in you. And the resurrection life flows on the inside of us and we are unstoppable because of that thank you because that was for the fulfilling of the new covenant the holy spirit came jesus because you did that the holy spirit now fills us all thank you jesus so i pray that as we remember those words and what i'm about to speak about god that you drop into people's hearts and call people into identity into your army into your army into your army we are kingdom warriors we are kingdom warriors. You're raising an army to help us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And I am, I, I, I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> it's not that I care. I do it in front of you all the time anyway. Um, actually, I'm going to put this down because I actually I have all my scripture printed out. I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with... Um, I'm going to start reading the main, the main text that I'm really just going to be talking about. Um, it's from Matthew 11, and I'm reading from the ESV, English Standard Version, um, chapter 11. Um, now, when John the Baptist heard in prison about the deeds of Jesus Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who's not offended at me. Jesus offended a lot of people. We're like, don't be offensive, political correctness. And Jesus is like, look, blessed is the one who's not offended by my words and my truth. Right? Verse 11 says this, skipping to verse 11. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and you, if you were willing to accept it, John is the Elijah that was to come. He who is ears to hear, let him hear. 
That's the main text today. It's from Matthew. We'll be looking at other scriptures through Matthew, but I'm, I'm really talking about today it's the spontaneous expansion of the kingdom of God. And that was the point of Jesus coming in the first place, was the spontaneous expansion of the kingdom of God. And, and we're the church, right? The church is inside the kingdom, right? Belongs to the kingdom. The church are the people. Right? We are the people. The ecclesia, the called out ones, separated to serve God, separated unto God. The ecclesia, it just means, it just means called out, called out to serve God. It just means you as a person, if you're a new creation in Christ, you have become part of Christ's body. You have become part of the mystical, spiritual, supernatural body of Christ that is beyond any of the things that would limit us here on this earth. It's a mystical, spiritual body of Christ that is on the earth and unstoppable, unstoppable, like unstoppable, irrepressible force in the earth. The irrepressible force on the earth. From the weak things. And I say weak things back in this scripture. We'll, we'll get to it in a minute. But in the weak things is the smallest things, the smallest people, the smallest things, the insignificant things of this world are the, are the people that God has called into kingdom and said, you are my champion. You are my warrior. I want you to take the gospel. This little, little house church that's just begun in Turkey, Asia Minor, modern day Turkey, it's not insignificant what that man is doing, Paul is doing. It's not insignificant. It's a massive work in the kingdom of God. We just never know what's on the backside of us just going, I've heard your call. I'm going to obey. I'm just going to obey. I hear you. I'm going to obey. I hear you. Um, Jesus' birth, life, death, resurrection and exaltation, which is what we celebrate over Easter, the point of that, the earthly ministry, three years, or 30 years, but three years of ministry, the point of those three years was to set up for you and I the new covenant, that we would be people who walk, new creations, who walk in the new covenant, who are fully filled with the Holy Spirit, who know how to operate and flow with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and are led by the Holy Spirit every single day, who walk around this world very, very free, very free of any fear and anxiety and any of the constraints that the uh, world would put on us, governments would put on us, teachers, parents, religious systems. In fact, I've been watching, um, I got pure flicks. I don't know if anybody gets, has pure flicks. And uh, some people clapped, like two people. <laughs> yeah. And then they went quiet because no one else did. <laughs> so, the pure flicks, I don't even know. Like, I've just watched, I, I got this free trial for a week because I wanted to watch the movie Risen. And um, watch it, it's great. It's about a man that, like, the head, one of the head centurions who was overseeing the crucifixion. Um, and, um, and at the end of the movie, uh, spoiler alert, he gets saved. Um, but it's obvious because it's what the movie's about. Jesus, of course the man gets saved. It's not really spoiler. Um, but at the end of the movie, he is recognising his own need to give up his warfare ways. He was, he was the biggest champion, right? He was the one who won the wars. He was the Pontius Pilate's go-to first, like the second man in charge. 2IC, do you call that in America? 2IC. And, um, and so he's, he's like, you know, battle-hardened, ready, strong warrior. And he goes, oh my gosh, I've just met with Jesus. And I know what the religious people, I know, what, I know they hate him and I know, I know he's a threat to Rome. <laughs> so, like, like, so what I'm trying to say is, 
the person who is filled with the Holy Spirit and operating through a lot of freedom and understanding what it means to be really uh, 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 obedient to the Holy Spirit, obedient to Him, fulfilled by Him, and every single day getting up going, what are we doing today, God? And sometimes you go to work, right? But even in the workplace, what are we doing today? Who are we going to speak to your love and tell of testimony and your, good, your goodness, your, anything? Like, I love Jesus, whatever it is that you're saying. So when you walk around with that kind of heart attitude to serve the Lord in everything, you become a threat to the Rome, which is government, and you become a threat to the religious system. Religious systems just exist as much today as they did in Jesus' days. Just as many Pharisees walking around the church today as they were in Jesus' day. Why would we think otherwise? But the spontaneous expansion of the church happens when you have people who understand what Jesus did and the purpose of why Jesus did it was so that you could be reinstated to that same place Adam was put in the garden. No fear of God in a wrong sense. Fear of God of holy awe. Like we hold God in complete awe. So a fear of God with this holy awe that has you just in love and falling more in love every single day and has you on your knees sometimes weeping, crying in worship, whatever. Like the holy awe of God that then keeps you in this place of, I don't, I don't want to ruin this. <laughs> so, so walking into greater purity and walking into holiness or walking into greater devotion to him giving up some of the old stuff that we used to do is really easy because you just go I don't want to I don't want to lose this because this relationship is the thing this is this is what this is the life we were created for so we've been reinstated into that place but now we're new covenant we are new creation and the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us and that was the purpose of the death and the resurrection and him rising from the dead Right? That was the purpose of Easter. That was the purpose, is that you and I would be reinstated. When Christians walk around not understanding that, they come under all kinds of fear. They get pushed around by political correctness. They get pushed around by depression and worry and concerns of the world. And, and oh my gosh, my, my bank account and my 501c3, and that's what, 501c3 is tax exempt, so that's for church. But I was trying to say, what's the 401k? Thank you. <laughs> retirement funds and Jesus you know Clayton said last week Jesus was don't worry about those things the sparrows <laughs> I take care of the sparrows of course I'm going to take care of you and the scripture that he used last week was seek first the kingdom of God what that is is the seeking first of God's heart it's easy it's not we don't have to read the Bible and go I don't understand what does it mean to be reading the scripture and say seek first the kingdom of God is if the kingdom of God is it is Jesus is the king and it's his kingdom and we're seeking his heart, which means we're seeking his kingdom. His lordship, his rule, his reign in my heart, over my family, over this church. That makes us kingdom. If I decide Jesus is my Lord, that means I, my kingdom, the kingdom, I am part of the kingdom. And, it, and, and he wants us to express that everywhere we go. And so anywhere we walk around, we bring the kingdom with us. It's what Jesus said that uh, actually he said, if I drive out uh, demons by my finger, you know the kingdom of God's come upon you because there's power in the kingdom. All right. All right, so back to the scripture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again, okay, just parts of it this time. Jesus said to John the Baptist, now John the Baptist, by the way, was the man who baptized Jesus, witness to that moment where heavens are open, oh, angels are singing, thunderous voice, this is my son, right, Holy Spirit descending, 
that wouldn't have been a small thing. That would have been something pretty big to witness. And then he's stuck in jail, sending his own disciples to Jesus going, are you the one? (laughs) I thought you were the one, but now I'm not sure. Like, what happens to a person? What happens to a person when they can be big witness to something like that and then have to still look at what Jesus did and have to go, are you the one? And Jesus' answer, the blind receive their sight. The deaf hear. The deaf hear. The deaf hear. Jesus opens up ears. He heals. I'd have find my place again. <laughs> um, the deaf hear. The, I, I put that in there. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. Oh, and the deaf hear. I didn't have... It was in there. <laughs> the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. So, so do you know, we extend the kingdom of God, not by violence, not by us taking up arms and acts of outward violence that does harm and does damage, but the violence is in our words. The violence is in our faith. We believe what God said over what man said. We're going to do what God said over what man said. And so our faith that obeys and our faith that speaks takes down the enemy's kingdom bit by bit by bit. Every time someone is healed, every time someone responds to the gospel by giving their life to Jesus, every time someone is, um, experiences God in any way, we are... Um, creating, like chipping away at the foundations any kind of principality or any demon entity has over a person's life or over a city. So every time you lay hands on a sick person and they are made well, or every time you speak the gospel and a heart is encouraged, you are taking down the enemy's kingdom. You participate. So you are, that's why we're called this army, right? This is why we, we are an army, We are a strong army, and not because we are ourselves strong in our human strength. That is weak, and that is that's going to return back to dust. We know that, and and but but we are strong because the Holy Spirit is on the inside, and He is God, right? So every time we get to preach the word, and what I mean by preach is preach, announce, proclaim, keep talking about Jesus. You have a testimony. You probably have many. You just maybe don't haven't identified what all of them are yet. But, but you have a testimony, you have words about Jesus. And when you love this man, you can't stop talking about the one that you love, can you? That's why it's a spontaneous expansion of the kingdom. Because you keep talking about this one that you love and nothing is going to shut you up. Nothing can make you sit down. No political correct, you know, cancel culture thing is going to make you stop talking because you know the victory that you have through Jesus Christ. And what he's done for you is eternally true. The eternal truth far outweighs, far, far beyond anything the enemy can do, anything the government can throw at you, anything that any, maybe your family members aren't talking to you right now. Mine don't like that I preach the gospel. My family members, they don't like that I run church like this. But I have to do it. God has called me to it. So I won't let them cancel me. I bless them. I don't not like them. I don't send, don't send stuff back to people that don't like you. Bless them. Bless them. We've been threatened. We bless those people. We bless them. We pray for our enemies. And by the way, they're not really our enemies. They're just the puppet. It's the devil who is the enemy. We will not back down. I've taken this off. I know, firing up. It's hot in here. It's hot in here. Thanks. 
boxing gloves, I know. <laughs> it's real though, like, that's real though. Like what we do to the enemy when we just be people who will not back down and we know who God is, right? So it's not in my strength, it's not in your strength, it's not because of anything that we can do, but it is the revelation of Jesus Christ on the inside. The revelation of Jesus Christ on the inside. So read Matthew with me. 13 now. Turn it over a couple of pages. 13. Oh, 16. Changed it. (laughs) Got to be quick here. Matthew 16. And this is Jesus um, talking to Peter. And famously, a lot of you will know this scripture. Um, Jesus came to the district of Caesarea in Philippi and he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, Simon Peter, right, because he was first named Simon, later Jesus gave him, when, he, when they met, Jesus gave him the name Peter. So Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you Simon Bar-Jonah, which means son of Jonah, Simon son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So he's saying, blessed are you Simon Peter, because you have understood this revelation of who I am. But he's also saying it's the Father who revealed this to you in the first place. And so I even want to say to you today, if you are someone who's on the fence about who Jesus is or just struggling or maybe outside going, I don't get what they're even talking about today, ask the Father to give you faith to understand. He originates faith in our heart in the first place. That's what faith means. It's pistis. It's he originates the faith in us to even believe him in the first place. Right? And so, so you can do this. Just ask the Father, help me. Help me understand. So blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father, who is in heaven, did. And I tell you, Peter, on this rock, Peter means Petros, Peter, little, little rock. But he wasn't talking about Peter being the rock. The Catholics believe that Peter then became the successive leader. It was not. Jesus was speaking to the revelation. And Jesus is the rock, capital R, rock. Amen. On this rock, Jesus, on the rock of revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you understand that? On the revelation of who Jesus is because he's the capital R, rock. You can read in the Old Testament when it's referring to the rock, it is Jesus. There's no confusion over these scriptures for the New Testament readers. It came... 300 years later, 400 years later actually, right? There's no confusion. The rock is Jesus, capital R. He's the rock. And so the revelation of who Jesus is, a strong foundation, by the way, not just some little pebble that you throw into a you know, river. The rock like, that is the immovable strength you can sit your whole life in and trust in. Trust his words. Trust your life with his words. He will not change and he will protect you and he will keep you. It is Jesus Christ. Ask Father. Ask Holy Spirit to help you. I want to know. I want to have more revelation. I want to know God more. I want to understand this more. Ask. Uh, The Bible says ask and you'll receive. (laughs) Keep on asking and keep on asking until you do. Right? Ask him. He wants you to believe and have great revelation even more than you do. 
He wants to give you the very thing that you want, which is the beautiful relationship with him, intimacy with him. He wants to give you this. He makes himself very available. We've just got to turn up to that. Yes, say yes to the invitation. We find out the whole time it's been his invitation. We're not trying to break into him. It's been him inviting us and we just respond with an open heart and say, yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. So back to the Matthew verses. This time, Matthew 11, again, what I read in the beginning. Matthew 11, this time from verse 11. And this is what... This is, what I, I, this is what I want you to understand, being in the new covenant, being people who new, say, say, I am a new creation, a new creation. in the new covenant. the new covenant. I am filled with the Spirit of God. He is God and he is all the power. So I am unstoppable. Amen. So we're 11, okay, so verse 11. Truly I say, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. From that time, no one had come onto the scene. Yet one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What does that mean? We'll get back to that. From the days of John the Baptist until now, The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and all of the law prophesied until John, and you are willing to, if you are willing to accept this, he is the Elijah. He who is is to hear, let him hear. Here's the thing. So all of the law and the prophets, the Hebrews referred to the whole of what we call the Old Testament as the law and the prophets. And, And Jesus is saying the whole of the law and the prophets, there's been no prophet since the beginning days till now that has been as great in my kingdom as John the Baptist. And so we read our Bibles, right? This is a, I don't know why I bought someone so heavy. <laughs> so, work out. <laughs> no. So um, it is really heavy. I probably won't bring this one to church again. <laughs> this, this Bible, so we can read this, right? And then put it on the shelf and go about our day and not appropriate the stories as our own. We can read about Moses or David and go, yeah, I can see David, he was a king. Moses, oh my gosh, he led six million, I don't know how many million, people say a few different numbers, but he, he led millions of people through the desert. I don't, I'm, I'm little me, I come from, actually, I come from a tiny town in Australia. It's tiny, there's like three, four hundred people there on a beach. So, so like, nobody, no, but no, you know, tiny, tiny town, unknown about town. And so you can, you can sit yourself down and you can put yourself in a corner and go, I can see why God would use those people or that person or Moses or David. Instead of reading about David and goes, go, actually, God wants to do the same kind of things through my life too. But here is where this is, what, this is where we can really um, understand this. No one greater than John the Baptist till this time. So all of the law and all of the prophets, all of the Old Testament, every hero that you read about until now, John the Baptist is the greatest of all of those. And then Jesus says that one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Oh, I just want to grab a baby. Can you, is that okay if you come stand up here with him? Grab a, grab a baby. Baby grabbing church. That's a, just stop that before I even go. So, least in the kingdom, we would think. Like, least in the kingdom. We, we just assume weak in the kingdom, right? But Jesus said of John the Baptist, 
greatest in the Old Testament, greatest man, greatest prophet, but still not as great as least in the kingdom. Now, I'm using a child here, but you can also understand it. One day old believer, like one day old person who's just given their life to Jesus and been filled with the Holy Spirit, same thing, right? Biological age or spiritual age, maturity, least in the kingdom. But here's the thing. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why the least in the kingdom now is still greater than the greatest of the Old Testament is we are new new creations. We are part of the new covenant. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. The very fact that God is on the inside of you, God resides in you, in your heart. He is on the inside of you. That's got to change you. It's got to change the way you live. Oh, I should let you sit down. Sorry. Like, she's, I'm complaining about a heavy Bible and she's got the baby going. <laughs> so, it should change you. It should change you to understand God dignifies the human by living on the inside of you. God lives on the inside of you. And so he calls you greater than John the Baptist because he's on the inside of you. And the things that you can do and the things that we are all called to collectively do in the earth to expand the kingdom of God, expand like spontaneous expansion of the church all around the earth is because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you empowering you to do it, right? We don't get called to do anything by God without being given every single tool we need to do it. Every single tool of provision. And that might be my own spiritual strength and and authority and revelation. It might be relational, all of the relational connections. It might be financial provision, whatever it is. You do not get called to do anything in the kingdom of God without him providing every single thing that you need to do it. Because he's a good father. He's God. He's your father. And a good father makes sure their child has everything they need to do anything and everything they're asked to do. He's a good father and we trust him. And so we can be people who get on board and go, yep, I'm going to be involved with the spontaneous expansion of the church through the world because he's a good father and I can trust his words because he's the one who's faithful. It's not even our faithfulness. I don't have to be the one, God, going, oh, she's so faithful. I'll give her this. All we have to do is go, he's who is faithful. I'm following the faithful one. Which means on a bad day, if I fall over or fail a little bit, I I know I can just confess and repent and get back up and go again. I don't have to sit in a corner afraid and listen to then, again, the messages from culture, political correctness, sit down, you failure. You failed last week. We don't have to listen to any single one of those lies. And they are all lies. Every single one of them is a lie. Because God is your father. And what he says about you is what matters. What the Father says about you is what matters. And he loves you. He spent Jesus to bring you back to his heart. And this is what we celebrate, right? He so loved the world, you, me, he spent himself on our behalf. He didn't hold anything back. Like he spent his son. Can you imagine the Father watching his own son on the cross breathe out his last breath, the pain that he would have felt. At the same time, the great pain though, the great joy set before him because he knew what would happen. It's got to change you. It's got to make you get up on the inside and go, 
It's not about me anyway. Of course I can get up and run after him. It's not about me. Of course I can get up and go and do everything he's asking me to do. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about Jesus. It's about being filled with him to do everything he's asked us to do. I had um, Reese get up here. So the least in the kingdom, the least in the kingdom, right? We can't, we can't, we can't allow ourselves to think of ourselves as small in a spiritual sense. Yeah, before the Lord, right? Because we come before him with nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Just here I am, here's my heart actually, just give you that. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then he's the one who gives us everything we need, everything we need, everything we need. So the least in the kingdom, in, um, in Psalm 21, 16, Jesus quoted Psalm 8, verse 2, and he said, uh, I have ordained, uh, from the lips of babies and infants, I have ordained praise. Jesus said it in Matthew 21, but he was, he was, he was quoting Psalm 8, verse 2, and it's the father, David wrote it, and he's writing it, and he just said, uh, from the lips of babies and infants, I have called forth strength. He ch- Jesus changed the word. I've called forth strength. But what Jesus was saying is that praise is our strength. Praise, our words, is our strength. What we say matters. What we say matters. I'm, um, what time is it? Oh, actually, this time I'm great. Really happy. Uh, not that I wouldn't be happy if it was later. <laughs> um, um, uh, okay, so... In the, new, in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit fills us. And Acts chapter 2, actually Peter quotes Joel 2. And he says, he says, in those days I'll pour out my spirit. Your young men, women will dream dreams, see visions. Right, so I'm setting that up. So if you don't, if you're new here, you're going, what's she talking about? Visions are real. They're from the Holy Spirit. Um, so I, I really like to pray and walk around my neighborhood. And one day I was praying going for a walk and I started having a vision. As I'm walking, I just saw the vision going on all around about me um, and I started praying. Um, I started walking strong. I don't really... It's just led by the Spirit, right? No big deal. And my neighbours all know me by now, so whatever. <laughs> um, actually, they do. They do. I say that as a joke, but I have neighbours who don't know the Lord and break their leg and they come limping out and meet me on the street. So will you pray for me? Oh, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> and I've seen a lot get healed, so do it, right? Do it. Um, anyway, so I was walking one day. I was just walking and um, I saw, um, if you can picture in your mind Hulk, but a little bit different to Hulk because this was, it was like a, it was a warrior, a warrior, Richard over here, a warrior. Uh, it, was, it was a massive, big, bigger than, like taller than Hulk, but not quite, you know, Hulk has got like that V. This was more like just this straight trunk, like of a, of a, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to look really stupid telling this vision. It's okay. Um, so it was this, it was this, it was this, it was a warrior. And I knew, and I knew it was me. So it's a little bit off-putting because it's pretty ugly. <laughs> pretty big. Like, <laughs> walking, walking down the street. I'm like, I don't look like that. Do you want Jesus? Don't look like that. <laughs> He's like, not stiff. I'm kind of making it a bit more animated. Um, but he was, as this, as this warrior was walking down the street, the street below, or the, the earth below, the warrior was like, little earthquakes were, and as, and as, as he just, 
I'm saying he, but it was me in the vision. Um, as the, the warrior um, stepped on the ground harder, the earth just moved and shaked underneath the earth. And then, and then this is what really, actually it kind of threw me a little bit because I was like, oh, I don't know that, I don't want that to be me. <laughs> so, um, I, the warrior stopped and kind of rose up like, if you can imagine, you've all seen movies so you can picture this, right? The warrior kind of rose up in a bigger stance and, and then roared like this, angry, violent, it was like violence. And I was like, I said to the Lord, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm not violent. <laughs> and, and, he go, and he gave me this scripture. He reminded me of this scripture. Well, I've already read it to you. But it's, um, oh, maybe I didn't read it. Oh, I don't even have it in my notes. <laughs> it's um, the kingdom of God suffers violence. As soon as I said, God, that looks angry and ugly and scary and violent. And he goes, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And then, and then as I relaxed myself, right, because God's really good, he's really helpful. As I just relaxed myself and went, okay, keep helping me understand. He showed me out of the roar of this warrior, I could see then through the spirit um, things that were coming out of his mouth that were, I keep saying him, but the, things that were coming out of the warrior's mouth that were blasting away at strongholds in, there was people around, strongholds in people's thinking and demons like were just getting slayed because of what was coming out of this warrior's mouth and there was a strong, strong violence to it, strong, strong, um, I could, you could see like the air move and things were just parted I'm explaining this to you so you understand the power of your words. Because this is what, I just give you the scripture. Jesus said, even from the lips of infants and even from children, I've ordained praise. Jesus said that. David wrote, strength, I've ordained strength. Our praise is our strength. What we give our words to really matters. God said, let there be light. And then a few more things, like let there be a, a, a difference between the water and the land. And he created through his words, and he were created in his image. God created that way with his words. And we create the world around about us, and our warfare is our praise. Our warfare is our worship. Our warfare is our, is our, is our, our prayer is our warfare. If you understand the power of your words, you'll change what you say about yourself, about your kids, about your city, about your city's officials, whether you love them or don't love them, doesn't matter, right? You'll change how you talk about them because now you start to understand my words are what I've been given to change the world around about me. That's why we spend time worshipping the Lord. We worship the Lord and as we worship the Lord, sometimes in the spirit I can see the, what the words do and the effect that they have over, over the atmosphere in this place because our worship changes atmospheres. Now here's the thing. Um, when the devil was tempted in Matthew chapter 4, the devil was, sorry, the devil was tempted. Jesus was led into the desert 40 days and fasted and then the devil came along and, and tempted him. And Jesus, one of the replies Jesus gave the devil was, man shall not live, I think it's in chapter 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father 
Word being rhema, word, not logos, written, rhema, which is the now present prophetic word of the Lord that is continually proceeding out of the Father. He's always speaking. He's always having something to say to you, about you, for you, for the world around about you. We've just got to tune in to hear it. And that's what he wants us to live by, his words, his prophetic words. And the written scripture, the written words will always back it up. His prophetic word will never contradict his scripture written recorded word, they will back each other up. And that's how we know if we're really living by the prophetic or not. So man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth is stomata, stoma. It means sword. Our words are like swords. That's why this kingdom is a violent kingdom. That's why in the movie, the Risen movie, the guy, the, the, the centurion that gets saved and realises, oh my gosh, this man Jesus, the religious system and the government system are going to see this man as the greatest threat to ever come along. <laughs> because he is the word, he is the truth, and he threatens everything. He threatens everything. Unless, of course, you surrender. Once you surrender and come into that place of giving your life to him, wholehearted obedience to him, wholeheartedness given over, life given over, no compromise, wholeheartedness given, like life given over, then the word becomes the word in your mouth. And you become a threat to the religious system and to the government system because now the freedom that you carry is something that they cannot take away from you. The freedom that you carry is above and beyond. It is completely other. They don't understand it. So they can put you in jail. But you're not really in jail. You're more free than any of the oppressors around about you. Like more free. Because the eternal truth is we are free in Christ. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so the freedom that we have in Christ, no man can take away from us. No government. So the spontaneous expansion of the church is this, that we carry this message of truth and everywhere we go, when we speak about him, we tell about his death on the cross and his resurrection. We tell everybody how much we love him. And you don't stop talking about the one you've given your life to. You don't stop talking, like how can you? (laughs) How can you stop talking about the one that gave his life for yours and is so incredibly beautiful and magnificent and perfect, like lock eyes on him, one gaze at him and you'll never be the same. And you will never, ever stop talking about him. You'll never stop talking and your words are the sword that goes forth into the earth and affects the change that he wants affected in the earth the change that he wants in hearts. So the sword can be uh, rearranging a person's thinking and they don't even know what's going on, but they're like, why are these words hitting my heart? Why do I feel these words are going off in my heart like a bomb? Why do I feel warmed inside listening to this person talking about Jesus? It's because it's a, there are, there's a sword coming out of you when you're speaking and when you're talking, when you're worshipping and when you're praying, your prayers. God listens to it all. Just back to the main text. I'm going to read, it's 11, Matthew 11, verse 12 only. From the days of John the Baptist till now, 
And he's saying this because John preached a message of repentance. He's the Elijah that was to come to prepare the way for Jesus. Then when Jesus then started preaching also, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We're not violent in a way that we cause ever physical harm in that sense, unless you're in the military, like it's your job, right? But, but I mean, I mean we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't beat people up <laughs> to get them to come into the kingdom. <laughs> but our words, the sword that goes out from our mouth, our words are like swords. And so the violence is that truth will have its way in a heart. And heaven will make sure of this, by the way. We don't have to strive at that. We just have to be obedient, turn up and talk about Jesus. And he will do the work in the other person's heart. It's not up to us. We just... What's up to us is I just wholeheartedly love this one. I just wholeheartedly obey this one. I just wholeheartedly will follow him and give him my whole life. I will wholeheartedly, if he needs it, give my life. Lay it down. It was given a long time ago. And I say that because we, you know, America, we're so, it's safe. Christianity is safe here. In Iran, the fastest growing church in the world, I mean collective church across Iran, is the fastest growing church in the world. It's, it's probably the most persecuted church. China's the second. In China, I love Chen over here. In China, there's 200 million Christians in the underground church. And the church is spreading faster than wildfire. And here in America, we want our comfort. We want our car park close enough that I don't have to walk across a block. <laughs> we want our entertainment. And we've prescribed for ourselves the kinds of churches we want to be part of. It's got to have a children's facility that's just perfect for my child. And it's got to have this, that. It's got to have the ten things. Like, we, as if you go into a restaurant and you can read off the menu. And you, I like this, I like this, and like, I don't like that. Right? In America. Australia too. I'm Australian. But I'm, a, I'm American now. I'm a citizen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but in China, second fastest church in the world grows, the second fastest, and Iran, in Iran, I told this to the Friday Night House Church a couple of weeks ago, because this has been, something has been burning in me, it's just the spontaneous expansion of the church throughout the world, right, kingdom, but the, the church, spontaneous expansion of the church throughout the world has got to happen, but it will only happen when people just go, I'm, I'm done with comfort, I'm not here for comfort. I'm not here for my comfortable... Uh, these are really uncomfortable chairs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, not. <laughs> so, um, we, we've got to be... We're not here for the comfort. We're here because we just love Jesus. And we turn up when it snows and we turn up when it rains and we turn up when it's uncomfortable. And we, we had a meeting here the other night. I think we worshipped the team, the worship team. I think we were standing on our feet for five hours, like just going through songs and worship leading and practising. And <laughs> I went home and went, oh... I'm a little bit sore <laughs> when I lay in bed. But, but we're not here for comfort, right? We're here, because, we're here because there's a cause and it is the kingdom. It's the cause of the Christ, the Son of God, the exalted, risen, exalted Son of God. We serve at his request. My life is given. I, I, I serve at his pleasure, at his request. No man's. His, his, his request. It's why I'm here in America. You should see where I left. 
I love it here. That's, I'm making a joke with my husband. I, I really do love it here. I love it here because God connected my heart here. He told me to come be here. And he told me it's because he's going to re- pour out revival here. He told me he's going to reform the American church. And I think in Australia too, but, but, um, but here. So, so it's like make that decision. I, I will live at the pleasure of my king. I will serve at the pleasure of my king. I will hear and obey his word and I will push into him and press into him every single day because I want to honor his heart over and above every single other thing and any other person. It is Jesus first because we have a kingdom. We have a king in our kingdom. What time is it? I've got to check my phone. Hang on. Okay, Matthew, so this is the spontaneous expansion of the church, still in Matthew, this time in chapter 13, from verse 31. Jesus had just spent the last chapter speaking some parables and doing some teachings, and then he goes, he put another parable in front of them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that took, uh, that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the largest of all garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and make nests in its branches. Verse 33, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was leavened. So what he's saying by those two things is like it's like, it's like a grain, the tiniest seed is a mustard, one of the tiniest seeds is a grain, grain of mustard, a mustard seed, and, and then... It can also be likened or understood to be like yeast, which if you put the tiniest amount of yeast, if you ever make bread and you drop it into like a thing of dough, it affects the whole batch of dough. And if you like sourdough, that same little piece of yeast can be passed for 100 years (laughs) or more and just keep affecting the bread, keep affecting the dough. It just doesn't stop. It keeps changing and changing and changing the dough. So here's what Jesus is saying. The smallest little least person in the kingdom... That's me or you, right? Or we had, we had Reese up here. The smallest little least person will affect great change. And there'll be an unstoppable, like unstoppable flow of the Holy Spirit through you if you just open your mouth and you start talking about your love for the Lord Jesus. You will be, the unstoppable flow of the, um, the message spreads because when you speak the sword the sword you speak right the holy spirit carries that into the heart of the next person and affects the change and then they're changed and then they start speaking and they start the swords go start going out of their mouth and they start sending those swords into the people around about them and so the round people around about them get to hear the word of god and that is how this happens it's just through the constant talking about jesus the constant talking about the gospel the constant talking about how good he is and all of his testimonies Testimony means do it again, right? You say, tell someone a testimony and it gives them faith to go, I can pray for that in my life too, right? The more you speak about the word of God, the more it just spreads. Jesus himself is the word. He, was, he came wrapped in flesh, but he's also this wrapped in scripture for us, logos, language. He is the word of God, the truth. And so you keep speaking, you keep 
even into your own heart, right? Because sometimes we need to encourage our own heart, but into your own heart, into your family, into your workplace. When you go to the grocery store, um, my grocery store, they're my people. Like every time I go through the grocery line, whoever's, they all know now too. They like ask me to go through this. I buy them like, oh, would you like some chocolate or a pack of chips or tea? And they just know they're going to get their like morning break food if I'm going through there. Yeah, and so, so do that. Like, just be engaging. Whoever's in front of you is a potential brand new Christian. <laughs> Don't leave your front door in the mornings without going. I might bump into someone who needs what I have, what I carry. Like, you've got to be able to lock your door in the morning and walk out the door going, I'm going to meet people who don't know Jesus yet. And be ready to tell them who Jesus is and how great he is. You carry the gospel. You carry Jesus on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you for a purpose. It's so that you speak and tell everybody about him. It's not just to make us comfortable. And we are comfortable. Like he makes, he, he wants us to live good lives. Don't, don't get me wrong. He does want us to live good lives. He does want to bless us, right? He does. But the blessing's not to be turned in for our own benefit, just to be kept to us. It is so that we would keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep speaking about him and just don't stop. I've just had a lot of things fly through my head. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I might need to stop. So what do I do? I think we'll stop. All right. So, um, yeah, because it's coming up on 12. So, okay, we're going to do this. So just say this. Say, I'll give you my life, Lord. I hold nothing back. I lay it all down. Surrendering everything. If there's places in me where I have hindered you, show me. I want to surrender those too. I just give it all. Because you are my king. And thank you that you live on the inside of me. Help me understand what that means. Give me greater revelation. I want to live by every word that proceeds from your mouth every single day. I want to be in your army an unstoppable warrior. I'm spiritually rippled, ripped. Help me to understand what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit and live fully led by him every single day I just want more of you help me to have more of you because you have all of me in Jesus name Amen Thank you for joining us today for more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services visit seashorechurch.com